the 15th, 2020, episode number five of Flyover Politics. I am Adam. And I'm Sean. I still like that intro. I don't know. I feel like you're, too. you're hesitating sometimes when you don't go right away, but I like well, it. I'm not quite sure here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. But uh, you're Sean. I am Adam. We are back. Uh, we're going to be banging out a few more of these just because of my upcoming schedule. Um, Gonna gonna take a uh, va- little vacation out. I guess you could say out west a little bit, but it's more of more of in like the Rocky Mountain area. So I don't know if that's really. Mm. It's kind of more like it's I, west of where we are now. It's definitely west of where we are now, but um, yeah, but you yeah, say out west. But I say I I'd say I vote that you say out west. I'm anxious to see, and I, I was texting you some stuff since we we last did a podcast after the the VP debate of just. Um, just general atmosphere. Now we're what two and a half weeks from uh, election day. As nineteen we, days. Nineteen yep. days as we record this, and it seemed um, the last time we did the the show, we were going over polls and how it it seemed to be trending pretty in favor of of Biden. But even you had a hesitation, and and it's a it's a healthy hesitation, I think, to be a little you know skeptical hippo about looking at these numbers, but. I also mm. kept saying at nauseum on that podcast, I'm pretty sure many times that Joe Biden is not Hillary Clinton and this is not 2016, no matter how I keep hearing that a lot. Like, well, you know, 2016, I'm like, I, I know, but I'm looking, I've, I've, we're, we're going to start having a few different guests on, on upcoming episodes. Um, and, and the one person I always kind of like, I always poke or I, I toss the fishing line out to is Hunter Golden who commented quite a bit, which we'll, we'll mention some comments here in a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, but, but he's kind of on the same, like we're looking at these uh, poll numbers and we're looking at older voters and voters that showed up in droves for Donald Trump four years ago. And now they're really shifting to Joe Biden. But is that just the people that they've talked to? Um, I'm looking at battleground States that Trump, you know, didn't dominate in, in 2016, but he definitely won and held a good chunk of the vote. And he's he's not polling well in these in these places. And I'm hearing some of the the his comments and his his uh, just you, the some of the stuff he said in the last week, you don't say when you think you're winning. And right. maybe I'm totally wrong. But when he was like making comments like, you know, I, I guess you could vote for Joe Biden, but you're you know, this 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 and this is going to happen. And he just kind of had this this sense of like even he I'm sure he's getting internal polling and they're not happy with it. But mm-hmm. I'm also curious what, you know, internal polling they had going into 2016. Granted, he had nothing really to lose. Even if he if he lost that election, this is far different. But um, I don't know what, what sense you're getting, but I'm, I'm anxious as I when I go out west, I'm just kind of I'm going to be driving through a couple states. So I'm going to be very conscious of looking at I know like signs and billboards are not really a super indication, but you know, you go to different areas. Well, I've, I've felt that signs and, and billboards can be a bit of an indication. And like in my driving around our area, I haven't seen a whole lot of Trump signs. Not as much as four you years know, like, ago. Certainly not as much as four years ago, but then you'll see a yard full of Republican signs like Ashley Hinson, Joni Ernst, um, and, yeah, Joni Ernst, but no Trump signs, and so the but then you'll see a lot of Eric Jardy, um, uh, Teresa Greenfield. You'll see a lot of you know Biden, Biden Harris signs, and then the uh, Busca Crooks, not Snooks, or whatever Snooks, not Crooks is a funny one I saw, 
but which I didn't understand. It's but the Snook's there is crook. a certain there is a certain amount of what I would see the the conservatives around here anyway their overt displays of support for their presidential candidate have been dampened. And I don't know if that has extended to their hearts or if they don't want to be overt displays. They don't want to have overt displays of support for the, for Trump Biden. Hmm. And I don't know how that translates how that transfers because there are tons of people that I've discussed politics with over the last four years that'll say like, I know he's crass referring to, to Trump. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't say crass, but the, I know he says things wrong, but you know what he mean? He doesn't mean that he, he just misspeaks because he's not a politician. He's a businessman and they believe it. And then they like, they don't, they don't like the way he speaks. So I wish you didn't tweet so much. That was their, that's their critique of him, right? Like, I wish you didn't tweet so much. I wish you didn't say this stuff, but you know, he does a really good job. I, like it's undone because the media takes his tweets out. I mean, and I'm kind of nervous that the democratic party only looks good in comparison to the Republican party. They are neither one are good for the American people, one is worse. Yeah, that's kind of how. Right? Yeah, that's where we're at. I think. It's... And so, yeah, and so the 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 my my problem there is, I think that people are there are some people who are genuinely excited for Biden Harris. Don't get me wrong. I don't know a lot of them though. I don't, I don't know a lot of them, but there are. I, I see him on TV. I have. I saw them during the the primaries when I went to a Biden little rally. They were they were there. They are they exist. They are the the political normies that kind of they vote Democrat. They've always voted Democrat. They consider themselves Democrats, and the Democrats the party of you know the New Deal and the Civil Rights Movement mm -hmm. and the Voting Rights Act and Kennedy and you know and 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 Bill Clinton. But the those people don't necessarily have a deep dive into policy or politics beyond what I think is a surface level. And then the people that do, I don't see the excitement, right? Like I don't personally see the excitement for Biden from anybody that is a deep excitement about what he's going to do. <laughs> they, they, there is a deep excitement for Biden because of what he, rep what his presidency will represent and that is going back to a pre-trump era of politics in their mind yeah right not he is the not trump and that's why people are excited about him and it feels does that make sense? it does and, and and i i even think back to our conversations four years ago where i was just telling you i'm like sean i'm sorry but I, hillary is just so hateable and i remember you going yes but look at the alternative and i thought i you know had, i remember that very vividly and i know you had a, it wasn't like i totally disagreed with you but man there was just something about hillary that the more i listened to her talk the more i listened to the just the fakeness and just how long mm -hmm. she had been in that that dc bubble and and just not so ungenuine like i remember vividly being angry when in 2007 i think when they had the the first couple democratic primaries and, and Obama won Iowa 
And then she was in like a restaurant surrounded by a bunch of women and started crying. I'm like, that is so fake. Like, Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking like, this is such a politician gross thing to do. Like she lost. And the first thing she does is, is pulls the, the, you know, just care so much about this country shot. And I just like, Oh no, like, what are you doing? And then a lot of, but see, the thing is though, I also have to remember I've, I've view, I've noticed the older I'm getting, I view things very differently than a lot of adults that are 10, 15, 20, 30 years older than me. And I don't know if it's just because like of the time period, like what I'm 35, how old are you, Sean? 33. So we, I don't know if it's just because of the time period in which we grew up and the, the media we were surrounded with. And I don't know, but like the, the people that are vastly older than me don't seem to catch nuance the way I do. And I'm not saying that to act like I'm above them or I'm smarter than them because these are very well-educated professional people, but I will like note it. And they're like, really? And I, I just, it's become very apparent to me the more I've talked politics with people um, like just simple stuff. Like, Oh, I'm not watching the NFL anymore, Sean, because they're kneeling. I'm like, but that's part of our country. Like you can protest if you want to, like, mm-hmm. do you not think they should be pro? And then, I, and then I'll get into like a deep conversation about the the nationalism of National Football League. Of that, it's just basically paid military advertising, and it's been that way for a long time. But a lot of people just weren't aware of it, of how mm-hmm. the millions and millions of dollars they're pumping in to that. And then, and then, it, but but it gets broken down to well, Sean, they took a knee, so I'm not supporting right. that. I'm not watching that. I'm like, it just seemed like such a. A, an, a, it, I've had these same kind of conversations about religion with people that well, they just go, well, I don't really understand science. So Jesus. And I'm, right. just, I'm like, okay, okay, that's not really an answer, but okay. Like I, if that's my, my feel, my feeling about that. And I, I, I recognize that same thing is, is that there has all, there has been a veneer to politics that the public doesn't or usually doesn't see beyond that has been broken for our generation, right? Like the West wing, there have been critiques of the West wing and when before, like when I was interested in politics, um, I enjoyed watching the West wing because it portrayed politics the way that I wanted it to be that, that you could make an impassioned argument and both people would come to see light for the betterment of the world or the American people and that there was a right thing to do. And if you just made a good enough argument and, and you threw your passion behind it, they would see it too. And you could get, you could, you can get bipartisan consensus and they were never your enemies. They were your adversaries across the aisle and we can still be friends with them. That, that there has been that there used to be that veneer to politics people want to still grasp onto still today and i think the west wing did damage to an understanding of what politics really is and it is a it has always been and has now bubbled to the surface been a naked partisan power grab for the two parties at interest and that's not necessarily a power grab in terms of voters, but in terms of the who wields the levers of that power, right? It's not, it's not like they're arguing over their best vision for the, the American people. It's the fight over the levers of power. Who controls the, the next justice for the Supreme Court? Who's controlling 
the administrative state? Who's controlling the election boundaries? Who's controlling the election board? Who's controlling the SEC? Who's controlling the FEC? Who's controlling the debates? Who's controlling, whose party is controlling the media? Right? Like the, and you, you and I have seen the growth of Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. We've seen the dot-com boom and crash. We've seen the 08 financial crisis and understood because we had a burgeoning uh, social media pl- platforms that would offer an almost real-time explanation of what was happening in the form of blogs, uh, articles that go out via Facebook. Facebook was a few few years old back then. You could still share things on there. Um, I mean, you can still share things on there now, but like you could share things on there back then. That that you and I and our generation, and now we're in our in another financial crisis, another societal crisis. Um, you and I have seen these things contemporaneous to them happening, and kind of the veil off that our older generation still believe is there. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then Gen Z, the, the kids now that have never experienced a corporate controlled media in terms of like, you and I grew up and there's three channels, right? Mm-hmm. Three main news channels. And then you had CNN, you had Fox, you had MSNBC. And there wasn't really, like there was a veneer that was presented, even though it was kind of corporatized. Now you have like a constant stream of shit. Well, YouTube and, is just the, the fact that anybody can kind of almost do what we're doing, but you can create your own media if you want. Yeah, right, exactly. But the gross thing is when I'm, when I'm talking to people about politics, nine times out of 10, the first thing they do is they focus in on someone that they disagree with and they don't, they don't kind of do like what you did. Like, well, this is like, I remember our first show back, you kind of laid out like, well, th- these are the principles that I follow and that I believe in. When I talk to people about politics, the first thing would you see with that Nancy Pelosi? And granted, I think Nancy Pelosi fucking stinks. And there's one thing she did this week on CNN that it was just so gross. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just using her as an example. But I'll hear that. Do you hear what that Nancy Pelosi said this week? And like they just it's like I've, I've said this so many times, but it's it's like picking a team on sports. And they just yep. and they don't they don't really tell me what their principles are, what they believe in. Or they just immediately focus on. Did you hear what that person said, Sean? And then they get angry about it. And that's how that new medium has has mm-hmm. grown. There's a there's a there's a heavy component of um progressives and left voices on youtube and there's a heavy uh right wing conservative uh and, and there's some people that kind of blur the lines a little bit and you're not really sure where they where they stand and and, and it just it's really it's made things very I, i've even said this to you sometimes about how like if if i really thought twitter was real life then andrew yang should be the nominee with bernie sanders or something right now Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I get out there and, and, and granted Bernie still had the popularity, but there, and, and granted, I, I honestly didn't think he was going to be nearly as popular as he was four years ago, but I was really proven wrong when I saw the crowd showing up for him. And, mm-hmm. and there was, there was a lot of momentum. It felt like, but then when people actually went to the polls, there was just like, they, they were, they were following the, the they were following the the dictation of the DNC of like, well, actually, you know, I think you should probably go this direction instead of Bernie. Because if you go yeah. for over Bernie, then there's going to be the socialism. Then they're like, okay, okay, we'll go this way. 
And it, and it just, I, I, if, if Twitter's real life, then Andrew Yang should have been this huge, powerful conglomerate. And he basically made the equivalent of a, a long, long fart noise after two, what was it? He, he did yeah. Iowa and then New Hampshire. And then he was just like, I'm out, I'm done. And, yeah. and it just, that, that's the other problem too, is we get the, we, and I saw this this week and I'm saving this for a later podcast because tonight's not the night for it. Cause it, we, we could just ramble about it. But like I, I saw I, sometimes I, I stumble into progressive Twitter, like like super, super lefty Twitter. Where, My world. Yeah. But you're not as obnoxious as some of them. Like where if you don't. Oh, thank you. If, I need to step it up a notch. Then. Well, you, I don't get the sense that you would be like, if you don't agree with me, then you're you're wrong and you're an idiot and you're then go fuck yourself. And that there's a lot of oh, like okay. yeah. angry. I, I, I want to I don't know what the term would be, but like angry lefties where like they um they just they, they can't even fathom that you would have that opinion and and they can't just read an opinion and go well that's stupid and then just they have to tell you they have to like shame you about it it's really weird and, you have like a specific opinion like a like yeah i have one in particular you, i kind of wanted yeah. to save it because we wanted to do an episode about tulsi gabbard um but there was a graphic that popped up it was a picture of aoc uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Tulsi Gabbard, and it said, oh, yeah. and it said, which one doesn't belong here? And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> here we go. And, it, and I, I know that one. And I want to uh, scream I like, did I, I share it? Is that the thing? No, no, it? no. It's not. It's not how you shared it. It, <laughs> it was a, a parody account that I follow that parodies MSNBC um, uh, okay. that that liked it, so it just showed up in my feed. Okay. Uh, but I was just like, are we still doing this thing with Tulsi? Like, this is the woman that stood up for Bernie Sanders and the, and the people with like the, the Bernie roses and their, their Twitter accounts are still railroading this girl. Like she's not running for president right now. She's out. And it's just like, they can't let it go. It's so weird. Like, like she's not on my fucking team, Sean. So I'm going to fucking shit. I'm like, can you calm down a little bit? Like, like, and then the, I, the same person will also lecture you about how now is not the time to to pull the third party stuff. Like we got a campaign against Donald Trump and yes, Joe Biden might suck, but let's just pull up our pants and, 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 you know, let's suck our guts in and head to the polls and vote for Joe Biden. And I, I just, I, I, I literally, I see that stuff on Twitter and I'm like, Ugh, and I just, I have to, I literally have to click out, put my phone down and and go back to focusing on something else. Cause it, it, it's not real life. Like I know there's a lot of people that are on, uh, they're on Twitter constantly. And obviously the president's like the worst uh, culprit. Right. Somebody, I I don't know who it was, but someone said in like a span of 24 hours, he had tweeted or retweeted like 150 tweets or something. And he he's like a serial abuser of Twitter. So Trump, the Trump people are no better, but by any means so that the MAGA people are just as right. gross and right. stupid. But it, I, I often, I see that stuff in my timeline and then I, you get into the threads and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, th- that's, that's where it loses me. Like, that's where that shit just immediately turns me off to both sides of it. You could be crafting a fairly well done argument, but then I'm like, I, I don't mm-hmm. have time for this, Sean. Like, See I see that a couple, couple things on that. Sorry. I, I didn't know. No, no, no. I'm it. done. I'm done. You can go for it. So a couple of things on that. We'll save the disagreement on Tulsi for our specific Tulsi Thon episode. Yes, we have a Tulsi um, episode coming up. It's planning. We're planning a whether Tulsi is on the right or the left or where she where she sits. But 
Um, there's some specific things that I think are fair grievances with her recent behavior that I think is what that was referring to. Probably we'll, the, we'll, the Ileana Omar stuff and the, yep, yeah, yeah, yep. sure, sure. And, and we'll I, dive, we'll dive yeah. into that later. But yeah. um, as far as the, if you disagree with me, I hate you. Um, I understand that, that reflex by people who see the world having been created the way it is. And by created, I don't mean like God snapped his fingers in seven days and there's the world. I mean like the structures have been created to suck the value out of the proletariat and into the pockets of the bourgeoisie. So to extract the val excess or surplus value of labor into the hands of a few and starve the many and the the dealing like the feelings of injustice that i have in the every day that now that i have a class consciousness when i see poor people in bolivia when i see poor people in africa or south america or central america or mexico uh um or in Southeast Asia or anywhere, I see it as a, a, a symptom of a system. And I have a hard time dealing with people who don't see the world the same way because I view them as people who inadvertently, if I'm being kind to their position, inadvertently uphold that power structure and they are not the beneficiaries of it. It's just they don't know any other way. And so there are people on the left whom I think are are genuinely having a hard time right now with the cruelty they're seeing in their own country, how we inflict that cruelty on people, how one party, and like the Republican Party and the conservatives, gleefully inflict, inflict pain upon the Democrats and the liberals and the lefties because of they want liberal tears. I think it's funny. And they utilize my empathy for other human beings as a punchline. No, I get that. And then I know you do, but, 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 the, um, but, the, but and so I think it's misguided. Of, well, there's a lot of progressives and lefties that do some pretty aggressively stupid stuff though. Like, right, right. So I mean, and, some some of the some of the time they they kind of set themselves up to be made fun of when they're recording videos on TikTok about Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died and the world's going to come to an. It's like no, it's uh, yes, I I know there's a lot at stake and I know we're we're nominating somebody but we probably shouldn't be, but they 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 mm -hmm. they play into that knowing like they have to know when they're recording these TikTok videos or posting stuff on Twitter that someone's going to see that and and be like this is ridiculous and. That the idea that you can't comment on like the the woke the the woke stuff that really grew the last couple of years on Twitter like woke Twitter is I hate woke Twitter hate it it it's mm -hmm. just it's it's white knighting and it's looking for attention and it's just gross most of the time and they they set themselves up for that so you have to know that too though like I agree with what you're saying but you can't just say it's only conservatives and Republicans doing that. There's plenty of people on the progressive side, on the left that will just overreact and set themselves up. And you have to, you have to, you have to well, parody that stuff and you have to point that stuff out because if you don't, 
then then you yourself just you when I hear someone that just I, I guess and I, I know you don't feel this way, but when I when I encounter somebody that just thinks Democrats good, Republicans bad, I'm like, wait, what? And and mm-hmm. I, I just don't live in that world anymore. I think both sides are very, very broken. I think there are some times when conservatives will have very valid points about stuff, even if I don't agree with it, but I'll think it's a valid point. And there are many times progressives will have very, very valid points, but it's changed a lot. It goes back to what you mentioned earlier about thing witnessing moments. And it's, it doesn't feel it, it, the, the only way I feel like I can put this in context to you right now is that Republicans in 2004 feel very different from Republicans in 2020 to me. And I, and I thought they were pretty extreme in, tw- in 2004 with mm-hmm. the religious stuff. And I, yeah. that, that was, that stuff was nothing compared to what we're seeing now. And I feel like right. people on the left of their progressive are, are even way, 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 way over the top than they were 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And so I, you, you feel, you feel as though like the woke Olympics. It's absolutely. Like most, and it's unnecessary to be the most woke person. Yeah. It's like unnecessary. Yeah. Like you can notice that too with people who don't have a, that, and I feel like it comes from people who don't have like a, a, an ideal, a solid ideology or a systemic critique mm-hmm. of the world. It's mostly like they want, they feel a certain way about politics that one side is right. Like or one side is correct and the other is wrong or incorrect. And they want to be on that, that correct side. And so they adopt the woke Olympics stance because they haven't been introduced to any other form of that ideology, right? There's no, mm-hmm. when they're, they're attempting to pursue an egalitarian society by being woke rather than class consciousness yes or a a different systemic critique that that you are pointing out either the class disparities by pointing out the specific woke thing that we're trying to talk about or the ableism like if you're um um speaking about in an ableist language in terms of not being not inclusive language to people who are disabled, um, physically disabled, and the you're trying to pull the the terminology of like, hey, you just refer to it in this way, and that reinforces a narrative of ableism. So if we're fighting against ableism, then we we don't want to use that language because it just reinforces a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And and there's no there's no straight line ideology that they're following of of combating ableism or racism or patriarchy or or class warfare. Yeah, and well, that's the that's the problem, and that's what part of the thing I really want to do with this podcast is say like break through. You're that, experiencing yeah. this, you feel this, and yes, you're right. You are right. We shouldn't we shouldn't treat uh, transgendered people this way, but we don't need to. We don't need to cancel anybody who holds. Thank you. What we don't need to cancel anybody who inadvertently holds this feeling, mm-hmm. because society has baked that feeling into that person. We just need to call attention to the fact that society has baked that feeling into this person. Point it out and say like that. I don't think you hate that transgendered person, because that wouldn't. That's not a generous reading of what you just did, but you saying that. 
like you deliberately misgendering somebody is harmful to them and reinforces a patriarchy and reinforces this anti LGBTQ mentality that our country has. Yeah. And so I just need to point it out to you because I don't think you mean to do that, but it's harmful to her. Cause him. The, the, the crazy Republican conservative people that I encountered in like 2004 are now what the progressives are to me. Now the, the ultra ultra woke progressives that, will die on the hill of that stuff of like, uh, you misgendered me, Sean, um, and, and going after people and canceling them and saying, or, or being at like a university and like, this person should not be allowed to speak on these grounds because I, it, it just defeats the entire purpose of, of listening and debating mm -hmm. and, and your brain needs that stuff. Even if you, at the end of a speech, you still vehemently disagree with somebody, you need to hear that stuff. And this idea that we, my my ears should not be allowed to hear this and 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 it's it's creating this echo cool. chamber for themselves that makes themselves feel better and then they they find other people on twitter that oh you agree with me too let's let let's retweet each other and 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 yas queen and and all this stuff and i just i i can't i can't do it i i it it's mm -hmm. it's the one aspect of progressives that has really started to make me feel alienated where i'm like uh oh so what's going on here like this is bad so let's disaggregate a couple things here there's there's one that if um and i'll jordan peterson yeah right if jordan peterson wants to come to campus and spread that um transgender individuals have a mental disease me protesting him and telling him to fuck off is different than if I unintentionally misgender someone and they correct me, right? Like, like I have specifically mi unintentionally misgendered someone and they pointed out and they are in the middle of their transition and so they are working on presenting as female but they haven't quite gotten over the, they haven't, they're not passing yet. They are, and, and, um, well, I've watched the, I've watched people confront him about that stuff, and I right. I'll be honest, I so, I agreed with a lot of what he was saying, and that he was saying I I have nothing, I have no qualms with you making this decision, but you can't force me to use these weird pronouns that make you feel better. He's like, I'm not. That's not my responsibility as an as a as a professor as an adult. If if you want to go down that road, that's fine, but don't force me to use these pronouns that never existed until now to that that just makes you mentally feel better like it's such a strange mental gymnastics that a lot of these woke people play and they, they just they get so angry like how fucking dare you not use my pronoun and i'm like what wait what like it, it just it's creating a conflict that shouldn't even be there to begin with and and that's where i i i've, I've swam in that pool and i've watched a lot of these these reaction videos and, mm -hmm. and i'm just like and and I, again, it's I, I don't treat it as the the single solitary reason why I would vote for somebody by any means, because I don't I don't I really, really try hard not to let social issues like this affect my voting behavior, because I think that's a dangerous territory. I think you have to you have to look at the 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 bigger picture a lot of the times. And, and I'm it's hard for me because I, I see I see fallacy and I see negativity and I see weakness on both sides of 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 uh, of the plane of, of both Republicans and Democrats. And it's hard for me when when these social issues creep into the mainstream and then everyone gets fired up and has an opinion and the and and 
then they somehow politicize it. And, and that's, that's kind of the weird position we're in now is that something that shouldn't have been politicized that has become politicized is the COVID-19 stuff. And like all this, all the, the transgender pronouns, woke stuff like that was, that was happening and it was happening a lot under the last four years. And I, I observed a lot of that, but now it's, we've, now we've gone into this new world of like, Oh, uh, now like a legitimate <laughs> disease is, is, is politicized. Like really like that, mm-hmm. that that's where I'm confused where I, 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 I this, this I'm happened working... in front of us and I don't even know how it happened. It just did. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm working on, and just, I want to stick with the vein here of, of transgender and mis, misgendering people. The, the, I understand what you're saying. And I, I do sympathize that people are trying to grapple with the world changing. And I am having a hard time understanding how to be um, a good ally and a good neighbor and a good brother and sister to um, transgendered people. How to, how do I make them comfortable as they walk through life in the way that I'm comfortable when I walk through life? Right. Like I couldn't, I have a hard enough time with, or I remember having a hard time with like defining masculinity, right? Because I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't the best at things. Like I, like I was a good person, I was a good friend. Uh, now I'm a good husband. I'm a good salesperson. I'm a good father. Uh, I'm a good like good at things that I've now defined it in a in a more adult way and less Hollywood way. But I remember that struggle of of trying to fit into a a role that was a, you know, Barbie role for women. Like there was this weird role that, you know, you want to look like the rock and you want to sing like Frank Sinatra and you want to play baseball, like, you know, whoever, not sports guy, you want to run, you know, you want to play basketball like Michael Jordan and then having to manage my way of growing up. And not being that. And I, I couldn't imagine going through life in when somebody f- is in a man's body or a male body and they don't feel male, right? Yeah, like yeah, that that's the, and so my responsibility to my neighbor, to my brothers and sisters, my community is when those people are having their hard time and they define themselves as this gender. The least I can do when they ask me to their pronouns, just deal, you know, deal with their pronouns. And See, so, yeah, it's that that. But I, I, I feel that the reaction to that of my pronouns are this. Please, please address me as this. Yeah. What Jordan Jordan Peterson saying? It's not my. It's not my responsibility to go about and and call you a different pronoun. I just go by the paper. You know. Okay. And see, I don't disagree he, with them. I, I, and, and that's where I'm in. I Jordan, know you don't. I'm but, in Jordan Peterson's camp with that. I think it's stupid because it just if you if you are in a process of transitioning, but then you tell me that I can't call you male or female because you're non-binary today, and you actually identify at, that that it, it started to get in kind of a silly territory of like you're you. I get what you're saying of like I want to be an ally. I want to be supportive. I agree. It would be it would be a nightmare if you grew up and you felt like you didn't belong in the body that you were born in. But then when you start giving me a list of 20 different pronouns that I have to remember to make you feel better, 
that that's where I start to go. You know what? I, I think I need to back away from this and I need to. But in what way, in what way, in my experience, I know to you, admittedly you, yeah. limited. Yeah. Nobody says, here's a list of 20 pronouns you need to memorize. And I'll tell you when I'm feeling that way. It is. There are a list of 20 pronouns. Yeah. Which, here's mine. But this is this one. But the, is fact mine. That, the fact that 20 exists is just so silly to me. I don't even know. Like, it, why does it, that have to be a thing? Like why you're you're. So if you're a man and you would like to transition into becoming a woman and you want to be identified as a woman. That's I get that if you're a woman and you want to transition into becoming a man and you want to be referred to as a man, that's totally fine with me. But if I have to call you Zim, Zir, Zir, no, that that's where you lose me. That's where I'm like, okay, now that now we're getting a little carried away with this. You're you've been given an opportunity to explain why you're going down this path and why you feel this way and why you want to do this. And then I have to also go down another path with you where you have these strange pronouns that have never existed up until the last, what, five years now. And that's where the Jordan Peterson stuff I thought was really important to hear because I felt that way. And when I heard Jordan Peterson say, Jordan Peterson say that thinking that's not that crazy to say, and then hearing all these woke people yelling at him and pointing their finger going, how fucking dare you? This is a safe space for me. And now you, now I don't feel like you don't feel safe because he's not calling you by your pronoun. Like this is, this is where it got to me, at least in my opinion, well, he, he, it got he's, ridiculous. He's choosing not to even try. And I think that's he has the, every right to do that's that. That's the part. I mean, I, I disagree. I, I feel as though he's not being hurtful. He's not violently, you know, hurting these people. He's just hurting their feelings. And that's where, some people need to no, grow up. I, I, think. I would I would disagree that he's not physical. He's not engaging in physical violence. But you're you're person. saying it's more emotional that it would it would affect yes. him emotionally. Okay. And I I do think it's an emotional um, violence, and I will call it emotional violence that mm. a person who is feeling out of place in their body, who yeah. has defined a gender, who has who has decided to pursue life as a as a gender yes it's new yes it's scary for everyone for them including for everyone else that now i have to now i'm being asked to navigate this new gender norm and address people in things that i don't understand fully and i'm scared of misstepping that's how i go through it but i go through it because i know it's important to the other person whom i may have just met to be called they there and it's not terribly difficult. That's why you see, you know, the wokies like me with the circles I run in will have g- gender pronouns listed out so people know how to address me. And eventually you go through the work and you see the gender pronoun. It becomes a category in your brain and it's easier to move on with. That's what they're asking is like, let's let's move forward with society where I can I don't have to be shuttered into one or the other male or female. There are like. I don't feel I fall in that category and social scientists and, and, and that doesn't in any way feel like mind control to you and in, in any way, like they're forcing you to abide by their rules. Like that doesn't, that it, it reminds we me abide, of, we abide by, so we abide by social rules all the time. How come you can't walk into, how come you can't walk into uh, uh Walmart with no pants on? Because I don't think right, like, that's a social rule. Now it's a law, but like, well, I think we've, why? I think as a society, we've agreed you probably don't want to see my dick, you know, out while I'm trying to go buy, you know, potato right, chips or okay. something. So, that's, 
but but somebody at some point said hey we should all wear pants as a society yeah right so then i'm sure back then there was a jordan og in his cave and he was like <laughs> oh i have to wear pants now what's next a shirt you know but i like, think there's a big like society di- evolves but, and, and but don't you think and, there's a big difference in that though and then someone going you know what sean you didn't use the right pronoun with me so now i'm scared and i'm, I'm like i, I want to say to that person you but it's a part to, of that social evolution. It's it, a part it's of the evolution. No, it's a right. part of the evolution of society. It's that, we're definitely evolving. I totally agree with you with that. It's, yeah. it, we're 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 swimming in in waters that and I, I often thought about this too, as you were saying that like imagine 30, 40 years ago, like when our parents were growing up and and stuff that they thought was kind of weird. That's pretty normal now. Um I you know, like I, I wonder too, like if my if my daughter in like 20, 30 years looks back on this kind of i don't even know if i want to call it a movement because it's not really a movement it's just kind of like you said we're 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 becoming it's becoming more socially acceptable to 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 do this kind of stuff and and you're you're seeing it now more in mainstream like there was like a mastercard commercial about uh about transgender people recently about about the fact that you can put whatever name you want now on a, on a mastercard and then you don't and then basically saying like you don't have to feel afraid to be yourself and i I understood the context of that commercial, but I, I definitely was like, oh boy, they're going to get hammered for this one. And they have to know that going in because then they're going to be labeled as there was, there was just this like overwhelming sense with a lot of companies to get woke, you know? And like, if you're not woke, mm-hmm. then you're on the wrong team and your history will not be on your side. Sean is kind of like the, the, that's the context I think I, I get from it a lot. Yeah. But I often wonder though, like I have pretty strong feelings about this. I am, I fully support transgender rights. I, I fully support people that want to make that decision. But I also think it's fair if someone writes a book about, you know, younger people wanting to transition and having pretty good evidence that it's kind of not the greatest idea to be doing that at a certain age. And maybe some of those, some of those people regretted it later. I think it's also good to hear that stuff too. And to, sure, that's to, what we call, that's what we call like, behavioral scientists like yeah. people study this and they yeah. have recommendations and they this is when this is when and how you should transition yeah and, and i right? think like, and i've, I've but seen like, i've seen people like jordan try to peterson do that isn't that no, jordan no. peterson isn't a behavioral psychologist who no. understands the human psyche well enough to say like yeah he's just that a, a transition should occur between such and such criteria he's a a mythology guy who just feels it's annoying for him to have to navigate this new world he wants to be in his he wants to be in his classroom and not have to think about it he wants to stand up there and talk about whatever he wants to talk about and i don't not. totally blame him for for publicly saying it. i think i think it it, it took a lot for him because he knew he was probably going to get mm-hmm. hammered for it um and i well, he's I, made a pretty good career out of well being, now he's made a career out of it yeah absolutely yeah. but I, I didn't even know if it was really it's just someone happened to film him and then it kind of blew up from there and there's been a lot of discussions right. and stuff with that but but the there, I, I do have I, my I issues with woke Twitter though. Feel, That's, yeah. Do you feel like you being asked to do that isn't an, an imposition on you, or do you feel that your this is a well, there I'm automatically field that you're being asked to navigate by like a uh, my my coworker called a Polish mind detector, just walk around there until something <laughs> blows up. Do you do you feel that you're nervous because you're afraid of misstepping? because it's because of the complexity or do you feel like that you shouldn't be asked to do that mental work? 
I feel like I shouldn't be asked to do that mental work because I'm not being hostile in, in, in the beginning. If I was like anti-transgender and very anti-transitioning and, and all, I, I, I would understand why that person would have mm-hmm. a problem with me. But just this automatic assumption that if I don't use your correct pronoun, then all of a sudden I'm a hostile person and I, I, you need to, you need to check yourself and you need, you need to get a little woke, sir. That's where I'm like, okay, this is where Mm -hmm. it's getting to me. In my opinion, it's getting ridiculous and it's, it's, it's creating something that really doesn't need to be there in the first place. When you know, you, I'm not being hostile about it. I'm not being angry about it. I'm not wishing death on you, but then there's. A lot of it too is I, I'm going to be very careful how I say this because there, I, I heard some of the stuff that you said and you were talking about it being like emotional violence and stuff like that. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, can you just, can you, can you kind of be a little tough sometimes? Like, can you, can you mm-hmm. not have to let that, that, that kind of stuff shouldn't ha- have that much of an effect on, on your psyche and your life. Like there, there have been countless people that have said terrible things to me and, and if, have, have pass judgment on me and, and I, but I don't let that stuff rule yeah. my life. Like you can't let that stuff, you can't let what someone says to you navigate the waters for you because that person is not, has nothing to do with your decision-making. And I, and that's where woke Twitter is a, is kind of like gross to me at times that if I don't abide by these rules, Sean, then you're hostile, you're an enemy and you're not on my team and yes, queen and all. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. Like, like it just, it gets, it's a little pushy. And I, and I, and I think that I, I, I understand. Just so you know, from now on, I am going to comment on everything you post. Yes. Queen. <laughs> That's going to happen from I see, now on. I see yes. Queen a lot just on, so on, you on know. The Twitter. Yes. Queen. It's very like, yeah, it, it's so, yeah. so I, I, I hear you. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm going to stand by the emotional violence because... No, that's fine. I'm not trying to change the, my mind or anything. Not because you are attempting to inflict that emotional violence, but that our society has set itself up so that that emotional violence is constantly reinforced through gender binary uh applications gender binary salutations gender binary right like that that society doesn't recognize something that those people view as a basic tenet of their humanity sure and so when when the structures of society haven't morphed to recognize that it is a it is a big deal to them it is a big deal to them. And yeah. that's exactly right. It's a big deal to them that the structures of society have not recognized that. And the, that is an emotional toll. So I remember yeah, you, you listened to Rogan and there was somebody who came on that was describing self-control as a bucket that when it gets empty, it's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that mastering your self-control means making either, like, I think it was making the bucket bigger or moving the things that drain your self-control that, that if you view a person's uh, resilience in the same way that going through life in a gender binary world drains their resilience bucket drip by drip stream by stream. Yeah. And they feel like they don't have a voice don't, in the game. Yeah. Right. And, and so when they say, Hey, I, I want like, this, this is me. 
I want to be addressed like this. This is how I this is how I present. I don't want to be another thing that drains that resilience bucket. No, I because get that. it it is emotional violence. And so then my reaction to to that um ask is sure. Yeah. Right? Like, like okay. I will do everything I can to support you being in your base. Like to me, it's like a basic level of humanity. And if you want me to call you they or them, I will do my best. I may screw up because I was born in a gender binary world. I grew up in a gender binary world and I, in my brain, I'm having a hard time conceptualizing all of these things at the same time, but I promise I will do my best. And so please bear, bear with me. Yeah. Cause you mean but, well, but, I, I feel like I mean well, too, but I also I've been in that situation people, where someone got mad at me but, for not using their correct pronoun. And I just went, well, I'm going to go over here now because I was not hostile to you. I was not rude to you. Um, but there is a hostility in a perceived hostility be, if you don't seem to care. And I don't. I, and that's that's where we're going to oh, vehemently okay. disagree is like, I really don't. I, I'm not, well, that, I'm not, that's I'm not what, being well, like, Adam, I know you, you're like, you're, you're a nice dude, but well, why, why can't, because like, I can't you, let that, I can't let that affect my life. If, if you're mad that I didn't use the right pronoun with you, I have to then feel bad because I, I like, really? Like I have to feel bad as a human being because I didn't use a word that, that you like. And I know that seems, no, no. I know that I seems kind of rude. That you have to feel bad as a human being for not using a word that they like, but they, 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 there's this overwhelming sense of negativity that just washes over me of like, Oh, you're supposed to feel bad. And I'm like, why? I'm not being rude to you. I'm not, in, I'm not, I, I'm having a conversation with you. And then I, I say something that, that, you, that, that's kind of like, like when I hear someone tell me, Oh, Sean, I was offended by that. I go, Oh, okay. Start. I don't, I don't care. Like I, I, any, anytime someone has this, like, you need to feel bad because I feel bad. I, my first reaction, and this is me just being brutally honest is like, I don't care because you need to hear this stuff sometimes. And, and I, I actually truly do agree with a lot of what you said about this stuff. But when I hear someone using the term binary and non-binary and yeah, I, my, my brain goes, Oh boy, here we go. And I just, it, it just, it gets into this, like what, what's going on right now? Like mm. I grew up observing people transitioning from male to female or female to male and this was not an issue 20 years ago. And now it's become pretty prominent in the last four to five years of pretty vocal uh, issues. Like people mm -hmm. very angry about this stuff. And and I don't feel ashamed to, to, to sit back and, and go, this seems a little much like it's a bit, it's a bit. And I, and I, I get where you're coming from. You, you just, you have very good intentions and you want that person to feel good. You want that person to, you know, like, like not feel like they're alienated. And I, I feel like it's very similar to like probably what it felt like to be in the gay community in like the seventies and eighties and the nineties, it kind of mm -hmm. got a little relaxed a little bit, not much, but it got a little relaxed. It got more mainstream. Um, and, and, and now obviously it's kind of like, it's just kind of part of pop culture to, to use a, a basic reference uh, when, when you see gay characters on TV shows and movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting into this, this new kind of civil rights movement. I don't even know if you would call it a civil rights movement, but um, I don't know if, if that, if that even that would be offensive to people that are in the transgender community, if you refer to it as civil rights, but I get the, the alienation. Cause I'm sure that's what a lot of people felt like in the gay community, but I don't get the sense that, that people that are gay would be like, uh, you, they just, I, I don't get the same, 
vibe that I did that I'm getting now from the transgender community a very, just like the, it's almost like the sense of like, if you don't play the way we want to play then then you're not an ally. And it's like, really? Like, I, I don't, I have nothing. There's not a part of, of, of my personality, my, my, uh, my, obviously I'm not religious, so I can't, I can't say like part of my, my religious ideology. Cause obviously we know where, where a lot of religious people stand on this issue, but I, I don't, I can't, I can't stand there and someone say, oh, you didn't use my right, my, the correct pronoun. I can't sit there and go, oh, can you tell me please what I need to call you then so that you feel better? So your day can go. F- I, I just can't do that. Uh, it's not me. I, well, like, yeah, but here's my thing. Like if, if when I, when I, when I lived up the street and I said, Hey man, I, I need help. I had this tree get knocked over and I could, could you, help me for like five, six hours, you would have said, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what if I, if, if somebody walks into your office and is like, Hey, um, I'm, I'm, this is my gender. And could you please address me as this? Cause it, it, like it literally costs you nothing. I know it doesn't You're, cost me anything and I'm not, I'm not really trying to die on the cell to be honest with you. And I don't even know how we got, well, I'm going to make you. <laughs> I'm I feel like fucking making, make you. I feel like welcome making, to woke podcasting. I can tell, man. You got me in a woke podcasting. I had no. I had. All, I had this, like, like, hey, let's complain about woke Twitter, Sean. No, I am there. I am born of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I welcome. Hate, I'm I bring. It. I'm dragging oh, woke Twitter into your fucking I can, life. Bud. I can tell. I hate it, but um, a lot of. I, I, I think. It's, it. I think it's more. I think it's more cancel culture, maybe that I hate more than woke Twitter. But woke Twitter. There we go. It, it the cancel culture stuff is what's probably infuriated me the most, but. But yeah, I, I, I feel like that that's very different. Um, like like if you asked me to do that and as we're we're chopping down a tree and I referred to you as not the right pronoun, I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> like you can't you can't honestly tell me that you don't find that to be a little silly. That if you can't continue being friends with me because I didn't refer to you in the correct pronoun. I'm not being mean to you. I haven't said anything malicious to you. I haven't physically harmed you. But because but that, I didn't that, that- those people would view that as a, as mean and harmful. Okay. Then I guess I'm mean and harmful then. I guess I'm in that, I guess I'm in that, 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 cause I, I will, I guess I'm going to die on this hill. Cause I think it's silly. I think it's completely silly. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I don't even, I don't even know how, how, how that became a thing. And, and cause there was, this, there's a vast difference in, in transgender rights. And then there's a, to me, another difference in, in this, just gender binary non I'm fluid some days sometimes I identify as um a microphone and, and the next day I identify no, as a No nobody identifies as a microphone but there are people it's that the, will that will I've listened again th- these are very extreme examples that I'm seeing on YouTube but someone that will in mid conversation want to be identified as something else and that's where I'm like okay now this is getting a little out of hand That's a really hard thing to navigate and I think you're conflating the person who feels like these are my pronouns. This is how I view my, yeah, the, the people my that, gender. Yeah. The people that and say then, gender doesn't exist, that, that kind of stuff. And, and then the arguments that get clicks on YouTube yes, of yes. the, yeah. the extreme examples. Those are and very extreme examples. I definitely agree. Very extreme. Yeah. But like somebody comes in and says, this is my gender. Uh, I'd appreciate if you referred to me as this. It's not, 
it's not going to really change a whole lot. Maybe no, someday right. they're like, I fully transitioned. Now I want to be referred to as this. I agree. Like with I've, you. Done, not, I've it, completed that. Like there's, there's a difference there that, that I think that I agree with you would be good. Yeah. No, it's like, you're not an unempathetic dude. I'm so, no. I'm honestly a little bit surprised that like, no, it, I, I know what you're saying that it's not a big Cause it ask. feels, it feels somewhat spiteful. I just don't see, I don't view it that way. I, I, I just, mm. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But I'm also not going to be mean to that person. Uh, I'm not going to be malicious. But you don't like you don't view it as being mean though. Like no, hey, I, I need you to I need you to recognize this part of my humanity. It reminds you know, me like, of sitting. In, nah, get fucked. It reminds me of sitting in CCD class on Wednesday nights when I was in like fifth grade, reading the Bible and going, "This is stupid," and the person going, "Well, this is actually the truth, and this actually happened." It reminds me exactly of that, but like mind control of like if you don't do what what I'm saying, then you're wrong. And I, it, it gave me flashbacks to that of, of sitting through that going, this is dumb. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we talking about this? And I'm, yeah, and I, and it I would be, I, I would be, I'm, I'm trying not to approach this with too much sarcasm, but there's a difference between a 2000 year old story written on goat skin and Aramaic translated to Greek, then translated to Latin then translated to old English, then translated from Latin to English yeah. again. And then like 47 different translations from Latin and English with people who under actually understand Aramaic going, that's not what that says. And a whole institution, like creating a dogma around controlling the way that your, but you don't view that as someone trying dude. to control you to use their pronoun. Like and that doesn't seem like control to you. Cause that's not that, control. It's I, not, it's that, not, it's not an exercise of control. Oh, it's, to me, it's absolutely an exercise of control. That person is saying, Sean, if you don't use this word, then I'm offended. That what, 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 how else would you describe that in a normal situation that that's someone telling you, you have to call me this or I'm mad. I'm instantly mad. You haven't done anything to this person. You haven't gone after them. You haven't physically harmed them. You're not trying to put yeah. them out of business. You're not trying to call the police on them. You're not trying to go after their family members, their friends. You're not trying to get them to lose their job. You just didn't use the correct pronoun. And it just, and you, it, it just and you don't like think that it's a the, reach. It's the a reassertion. So if, if you view they're asking you to utilize their, a different pronoun as a, as control, you don't view a reassertion and a reaffirmation of a gender binary world on a person who doesn't view the world as gender binary as a, as a I think anybody that as a, to use, as a structure of control. I think anybody that gets into that gender binary conversation loses me instantly when they start using these terms of like there's no such thing as genders, there's no such things as male and female. I even made a and I'm going to be honest with you here again too, brutally honest, might surprise you. When the the uh, statistics were coming in on this podcast on on our platform, at the mm. very very bottom, I don't know if you noticed this, it breaks it down by male, female, and non-binary. I chuckled when I saw the nine non-binary thing. I'm like, really? We're doing this on here now? And I I was just like, okay. And I again didn't ruin my day. I didn't go on Twitter, screenshot it. I didn't do like what the other side of that would do would like, I'm going to put a spotlight on this show and I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a, a podcast about how ridiculous it is that I have to, you know, refer to like that. And, and that's, that's where I feel like I'm losing you in my response. Like you've, I, I, I don't think you get the sense that I'm no, going to go feel out like you're like, pursuing, you're not going to go out of your way. No, like, no, hey, not at you all. look like you're 
you're you're saying gender non-binary things and get fucked yeah uh, there's two genders because i've seen no, that was... i've seen that on youtube where people make yeah. that they, they make that not, part of their brand that at all stuff. yeah and I i'm just, not i'm not gonna do that i i, I just think like it, I think of okay. the things that i can do to be a good human like a good ally a good sure not even just a good ally like a good neighbor a good brother or sister to somebody sure. else in humanity is just like oh you want me to call you that okay no, and I that think reaffirms that reaffirms your view of your humanity. That's all like that's what I can do to make you feel like a more secure human being. Fuck yeah, that's like the almost literally the easiest thing. I'll oh, do no, all. you're right. It's very easy to do. But there's there's the I can't do it. I'm not I'm not doing it. I, I just <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to revisit this. Like we're we might, I don't to, even know how we got on the topic of this. It's are we? Like, I don't even know. Like we got I, on the I'm, topic of this. I'm like literally trying. I'm literally trying to think about how it, how it, cause I, I, I mentioned woke Twitter and then I, I heard you start saying binary. I'm like, Oh, are we going to start having the, the non-binary gender? Con-? I'm like, Oh, we're, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> like this is, this is happening. So we're, yeah. we're going for it, but I no. give you credit for, standing your ground and i don't honestly i don't have a problem with your stance on it i i actually think you have a very well thought out uh response to it and i and my my response is still no i'm not doing it but i'm not going to be angry about it let's put a calendar invite i'm going to work on it over the next year year and a half maybe maybe we can kind of like because i there have been times in my uh life and growth that i have been met with a new input, like a new thing. Sure. And I've had the same reaction of like, Mm-mm, nope, that ain't me. Uh-uh. Anyone, uh-uh, uh-uh. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Not, it sounds nah. like my toddler when I don't care. Ain't doing that shit. Uh-uh. Yeah, I know. Right. No. Uh-uh. 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 And then like, you know, as I've evolved, like, there's okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that, that was kind of a bullheaded uh, stance of mine <laughs> that it, maybe I wouldn't do again. Like, you know, like, and I'm not proud, you know, it, 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 it was what it is. I've, I've evolved and maybe we can work on you to evolve on that stance as well. Here's, here's the other thing that's great about it too, is that once we put this, the show up, Sean's going to casually go, Hey, woke Twitter. What's up? So I had this like really insightful conversation. Here he is. <laughs> Here he is. Adam, you, Iowa. I'm going to wake up and have like 50, you fucking cis gendered white male privileged piece of shit. And I'm going to get all these. Yeah. yeah that's going to be fun. 49 of them will be for me. Probably most likely, <laughs> but I'll, but I'll just, then I'll just respond with gifts like I did to you today. So that's, that's the fun part. Yeah. Um, speaking of feedback, we did yeah. uh, the last show that we did where we, I clipped a segment where we, I think mm-hmm. we, we were both in agreement. Uh, we were curious how we got to the Biden Harris ticket. Um, also, I kept referring to uh, Harris as Kamala, who was a very popular professional wrestler back in the eighties, <laughs> Kamala, the Ugandan giant instead of Kamala. Cause that's how you're supposed to pronounce mm-hmm. her name. So in this case, Sean, I will apologize. And I will say I incorrectly pronounced the name. And I will apologize in this case. <laughs> I won't. For well, the I mean, one. but I it's did. a hard one because like you, you see it written and then there's a huge amount of mispronunciation. So there it's is. not it's not the same thing where it's like you didn't actually correct. But did, did you notice when I was saying Kamala instead of Kamala? I was I was saying Kamala like the wrestler. Did you notice or did it just kind of fly right over you? I didn't know that the wrestler. I don't know that. Well, I know you didn't know the wrestler, but Kamala. did you? Did, I, I was surprised Kamala. you didn't notice. But yeah, I, that got picked up. So I think that was Goosey who. Uh, who joked about that on Twitter? Oh, okay. All He's right. like, let's not tell Adam that that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> let's just keep, let's just keep going. 
No, um, I did. I did. I noticed it at, at, at some point, but I, I was saying it wrong for the longest time also. Yeah. And then somebody put comma, la, like the, yeah, comma, you know, yeah, comma, comma. yeah, instead of, comma, and I was like, oh, all right, that helps comma. my brain. That helps my brain to like do this properly. But I, I shared that clip on Facebook and blew up with comments. Um, CJ Broman uh, enjoyed, he called, called it legit analysis when you described the Democratic Party as the party of exceptional mediocrity when it comes to it. <laughs> So enjoy that. Uh, uh, Ken, who's going to join us on a podcast soon, uh, was just happy to find out that the show was back. So that was cool to sit here his feedback. Um, Greg McNeish up in Canada, we have a Canadian listening, was was issuing a comment that said that Biden and Harris represented a philosophy that is uh, at the heart of Canadian politics, boring work. So that's kind of been a I've noticed that get tossed around a lot when people talk about Biden. That it's just mm-hmm. like America's ready to be bored again. Like I've seen that tag show yes. up on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> like we're just kind of we're ready to move past the the Donald Trump experiment. Um, and then Hunter Golden was just uh, who also we were going to invite on the show was all about um, citing the poll numbers, the the double digit mm-hmm. leads that Biden has, um, as well in the comments. And that that kind of took another direction too. Also, uh, Randy chimed in as well, saying, I think some Democrats feel about Biden the way a lot of Americans feel about politics in general. Give us a little new, a little in touch. The drain the swamp stuff didn't really play very well this time around. Um, and I've, I've, I've said that a lot. I, I'm, you've been tagged in a lot of the tweets that when people tweet at us, where I've reiter- reiterated that point of like, it just doesn't, I, I, I know you are still pretty apprehensive, right? About looking mm-hmm. at the poll numbers, right? You're still kind of like, you've, You've obviously heard the numbers like right now, the latest poll as of today um, has Biden up 54 percent to 43 percent over Trump among likely voters. When you hear that, do you still think like, ah, don't really it's a it's a double no. digit lead. But, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but you're so still- I, I have seen. Um, so it goes back to my earlier discussion of like, I don't feel that there are terrible amount of people who are thrilled with like the biden presidency Mm -hmm. it's exactly that it's going to go back to normal we can be bored it's not trump i'm so excited for it to not be trump and they are like on a on a football field they're they're just they're just almost to the 50 yard line right they're on the other side they're on the biden side but i mean maybe that's not a very good analogy but like they're they're barely in the game and they're right in the middle. They're just on Biden's side. And they just hate Trump, right? And there are, there are shitloads of people who have voted already. You know, mail-in ballots, early voting and all that. But, like, I, I just don't think that the support from those people in the middle is robust enough to withstand something jarring, an October surprise that that will undoubtedly come about like when ruth bader ginsburg died you see shitload of those people on on twitter yeah who were like oh if they reza aslan who i like was like if they even try to replace rbg we rbg we burn this place to the ground oh okay where are you bud what are you doing now they're fucking doing it and and there are tons of people who are like, I fucking hate Trump. I fucking hate Trump. And their main goal to reelect Trump, there, there are a couple different threads that they're pursuing right now in their reelection of Trump. 
One is voter disenfranchisement, mm -hmm. like making sure people can't vote who are not of your party. And two, it is to shut down or, or to, to remove any, uh, I forget what the term is, but they're trying to shut down Biden voters. They're trying to um, not disenfranchise them. They're trying to keep them away from voting at all. They're trying to uh, stop them from being excited about anything Democrats and make sure that those people just feel like it's hopeless and, and they stay home. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's not... It's not so much it's consolidating your base, making sure they can't vote and making sure that those who can still vote and would vote for Biden think that it's so shitty and hopeless that they don't even bother. Mm -hmm. Right. Trying to disaffect the left. Like, that's why he kept saying, like, oh, you just lost the left. They're trying to create a narrative that Joe Biden isn't worthy of the left wing of his party. He's terrible and they shouldn't give him their votes. And. um. I am concerned that those things will work, that people hate Trump. That is true. Like you, like you tweeted out a few videos of people having to stand in line for 12 fucking hours to vote. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Like there were people in that line who went home or who saw that line and went home. Yeah. Right. Like, they would, if you called them and they've polled, they would go, I'm voting against Trump. But as soon as they saw a line, they're like, I got to pick up my kids in two hours. And that is a 12 hour line. Mm -hmm. Well, don't so I got to get to, I got to go to sleep because I got to wake up and work. I can't stand in a 12 hour line. And then the other flip and, of that is, well, then you could just absentee ballot. But now you're seeing a, uh, a very calculated strategic right. goal of, well, all that stuff. Absentee ballots were cool four years ago. Mind right. you, kind of like how the Electoral College was bullshit uh, when Trump wasn't the president. And then when he became president, oh, actually, right. it works pretty good. So but there's yeah. just just putting that out on the ether of, well, you know, I, I saw him say it again today at a rally of like, well, yeah, there's been like 12, 13 million absentee ballots. But, you know, that there's a lot of fraud with that. And it's just putting so like your contention is that the more they, they sow that that seed of doubt then people yes. would be like, well, maybe, maybe you got a point or something. And then they just kind of yep. decide, ah, I'm not going to show up. Yep. Well, it's the seed of doubt. It's the disenfranchisement. It's, and then there's also, <clears throat> there's also trying that like they're laying the groundwork to steal the election post election. And when it comes to the polling, my concern is the polling is wrong. Like it was in 2016. Sure. The polling is better for Biden in a few different metrics. So I will say that then in, a, in addition to that, though, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Fuck. But the, the polling doesn't always translate into actually overcoming the barriers to voting. And the excitement won't overcome the barriers to voting. Well, it kind of reminds me of when Republicans were talking themselves into Mitt Romney beating Obama in 2012. Mm -hmm. And there was, the, I remember watching segments on Fox News where they were like, uh, I, I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think. And then it just was the total opposite. It was just, and this is where like, so I, I retweeted this today. I thought this was interesting. Um, your boy, Sean Rupert Murdoch, the, uh, he's, is he still the owner of Fox News or is he, he was at one point, he was kind of pushed out, right? Um, no, Roger Ailes died. Roger I Ailes. think Rupert Mur Murdoch still owns That's Fox what it News. Is. Okay. Yeah. So he, uh, obviously a billionaire, he's Australian. 
Mm. He's predicting a landslide victory for Joe Biden. And the quote in this article uh, from him was basically criticizing Trump's handling of COVID-19, saying that the president became his own worst enemy, that he's not even listening to advice about how to handle this pandemic. He's creating basically a never-ending crisis for his own administration. And mm-hmm. that, and the one quote that I thought was funny that he said, he goes, after all that has basically gone on, people are ready for Sleepy Joe. And I know that was something that Hunter was pushing hard in the comments on Facebook that people just kind of feel exhausted of this whole mm-hmm. last year and they're just kind of ready for boring. And I don't know if it's going to be a landslide because it's strange when I, when I, when I talk to avid Trump supporters, they think it's going to be a landslide victory for the president. And then I, I and I don't know, I hope, that, I don't know where that's coming from, but I hope Biden does. Well, it's because they can, it's because like we have two separate realities. Right. Like that's one. Like some people think that by, that Trump's a fucking good president. I don't understand it, but they think he's a good president. But I hope that Biden wins in a landslide. And I hope that he wins in such a convincing landslide that any challenge to the validity of the election is so overwhelming. No one believes it. And yeah, that the Supreme Court doesn't even touch it because they know that overturning that election that was a landslide is so controversial that they won't even touch it like they did in like 2000. My concern is that, and this was the last thing that I was going to say that I I brain farted and lost. I'm I'm glad you bring this up. Yeah. That the, well, there's two, I guess that, that if it's close, the land, the, the conservative Supreme court, that'll likely be six, three, almost undoubtedly will hear the same case or hear a case very quickly. So that's that's one that I do want to I think we want to talk about later. But before we get on to that, it's that if you have a landslide in terms of the popular vote, the Electoral College still reigns. And so, yes, there may be an overwhelming support for Biden. But when it comes down to it, we may still be talking about fucking counties in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and or Florida. Right. So it doesn't matter that Joe Biden might be winning by eight, 10 million votes. It's the Electoral College is going to be decided by a like a suburb in in Florida. Right. Like that. That's my concern on top of voter disenfranchisement, like that they know voter data so well. That they can target their ads to turn people off from voting for Biden in certain counties, which is like you could see that like Cambridge Analytica, that was the vein that Cambridge Analytica used. That's Absolutely. what they did. Absolutely. That's what they did. They they specifically targeted black voters in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Florida, like Battleground Ohio, states. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh-huh specifically to ensure that they they knew that Hillary called them super predators or mm-hmm. called black kids super predators, right? Like to disaffect them from the party that they otherwise would have voted for in specific counties, right? They didn't do that shit in California. They did it in specific counties in in the Midwest and in Florida. And so that's my concern is that the that that there is an unseen chicanery happening that that pollsters don't account for because they don't see it 
Do you think there that's could my, be that's a, my concern? Do you think there could be a scenario where there is an overwhelming landslide victory on both the popular and the electoral in favor of Biden, but Trump has already set the the table the last couple months, alleging fraud, saying absentee ballots aren't accurate. Um, you know the, yes. it, but he just because yes. he's already he's already said that the whole there's no such thing as a peaceful transition. He hasn't. Well, I, I should yes. correct myself. He hasn't said it like that, but when he's been asked if he will, he'll go, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. And it's, I I, yes. I want I want to think that if like what you said, it's so overwhelming that he would just look like an idiot to just be like, but then he knows that plays with his base of, well, they, they stole the election and he'll, he'll cite Bernie Sanders. They did it to Bernie Sanders. Now they're doing it to me. And he's not completely wrong about the Bernie Sanders thing. If he cites the Bernie Sanders thing, because they definitely did screw Bernie. Hundred percent screwed Bernie, um, but are, but they, are you? But are, not in the same ways, right? Not in the, the same they ways. Didn't screw Bernie in the same ways. But they but, definitely uh, shooed aside some very key votes and went. And eh, Hillary's here, though, Sean. She's over right. there in the corner. You remember Hillary? And it was right, just. Right. It was very. But, it was very dictated. It was like they they knew who they wanted. Um, but the way the way that he's gonna the the my concern is the way that he's gonna steal this election in the middle of a pandemic. Like I've I've I mailed my vote in. Yeah. Oh, you're oh, I know, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to go in person. Okay. Million. I I was planning on going in person, but I, I voted. I I mailed it in early. I'm tracked it through. It's there. Okay. My my concern is that post election there will be some narrative that will be built. Bill Barr, his uh, attorney general, will pursue it, and it will reach a court that is and amenable to the hearing of it the way that they are now like the conservatives on the court in south carolina there was a let me let me try and get this straight so there were absentee ballots that were mailed out Mm -hmm. there was a lawsuit and a court said you don't need to have a signature a witness like sign that you were the one that filled out this absentee ballot people voted and sent them in then there was a Supreme Court challenge, went straight up there. The Supreme Court, the three conservative justices, Alito, uh, uh, Thomas, and Gorsuch, wanted to ensure that the they wanted to throw those ballots out. They said, no, you can preserve the, re- the requirement to have them signed and witnessed. And Kavanaugh was the one that said, no, no, they have to be signed and witnessed moving forward, but we're not throwing out the ones that weren't signed and witnessed. Okay. So you've got three of the justices who wanted to throw out votes that had been voted but not signed and witnessed because a lower court had said, oh, you don't need to sign and witness those. You don't need to have them witnessed. Mm. They wanted to throw away votes that had already been voted prior to the election. And the fucker that saved it was fucking Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he was the one, like, yeah, like of all people. <clears throat> well, not he's the one who saved it. Like he wow. was, he was one of the people who who said, like, no, no, you you can't do this. Like, but moving forward, so in the majority that that he was part of, it, it, like that's the court that we're talking about. Is like the like they don't care about your rights. 
But some of them don't care about your rights. I forget who I said who said this, but some of them don't care about your rights, and the rest of them want to throw them away. So did that not concern you be before you made the decision to absentee ballot this year? Because that that did cross my mind. Is why I ultimately mm-hmm. decided to go vote in person. Not that that's any. I, yeah, I, I, I weighed stra- it. I strangely feel like it's safer because I'm taking my ballot, I'm putting it in a machine, and I'm watching it go through. But you know, but yeah, but- I weighed it, and I decided that like I have done what I can to ensure that the pandemic doesn't like, I am not contributing to a pandemic. Sure, right. Sure. So I I'm going to vote my ballot. I'm going to mail it in. I'm going to do it correctly. Um, I got one of the blank ones cause my original ballot that I had voted, uh, or my absentee ballot, my absentee request was one of the ones that had my voter pin number on it. Yeah. And then, I filled that out and mailed it back. And then that was one of the things that was um, a court threw all those ballots out or the absentee ballot requests out because they were pre-filled out. So filled out another one, mailed that in, had my ballot. It was completely blank. Um, No, it was not. It was not blank. It was my ballot. I filled it out properly, sent it in, tracking it through, got a receipt, all good. Okay. So you you feel confident that that's going to get counted? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, are you nervous about violence, regardless of where this goes? Um, yeah. In favor of Biden or even favor of Trump? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, the, for a few reasons, well, mainly because the the president has said that he wants people to go in and watch the polls. Yeah. And then the people who support the president, who are felons, that committed felonies. In the pursuit of his first uh, uh, presidential run, are now organizing with violent right wing extremist groups, the Proud Boys. I was going to mention to the be Proud the Boys, ones yeah. who, the be the ones who do go and do the poll watching, well, I, and then who are responding to the president's needs, air quotes needs post election. There was an article by Newsweek this quoting somebody from the Proud Boys. I don't know who it was. Um, basically saying that if Trump, and this is the quote, if Trump doesn't get reelected, there's going to be a riot. If he doesn't get elected, this is when you're going to see a civil war. And that was from a Proud Boy member. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't list his name in the article. Um, that's kind of strange. But, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, it was a clip posted online by blogger Walter Matterson um, at a Trump rally in Staten Island, New York. So... I, I, was I don't know. I don't know how they intend on pursuing that violence. Yeah, that's my next question. Like, that's what, my nervous part. Is like, what do you do? <clears throat> do you do? Do they go after the 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 electoral uh, employees? Like, did, like how so do you... the the way that this manifested itself in two thousand, and I know Kavanaugh and um. Chief Justice, fuck, I'm blanking on his name. It's late. And you're talking during the the Gore v. Bush, Bush v. Gore. Yeah, there was the Brooks brother riots where yes. lawyers went down and they were beating on the yeah. doors. There's video of that actually online. Yeah, you can go like go, look it up. Bush Brooks brothers riots in Florida, and they were lawyers who went down there on behalf of the Republican Party, who went down and were beating on the doors harassing the people who were doing the recount while Bush was ahead so that the recount would not uh, show any more votes 
so that Bush would be the winner, right? Like, like think about that, that if, if this does come down to a couple counties and all you need is the threat of violence and intimidation by Proud Boys who are happy to show up in numbers, who are, who have, we have shown over the last few months that right-wing militias can, air quotes, exercise their constitutional rights that can air, like, support the police. And I'm, I'm holding up my air quotes finger. Support the police by ensuring that there isn't violence here. But the here is around the, the collection site. And they harass people coming to do the collection or to do the recount. Right? Or, or they're supposed to be the ones that are protesting right out front. And it's a violent or a history of violence, some founded on violence, that want to stand out front, that is voter intimidation. I mean, that that I'm not voter intimidation, but that is an that is an intimidating act. Oh yeah, for that sure. It will chill the effects of counting those votes by people who are, you know, retirees. What about on the flip side of let's say uh, Trump wins, landslide victory, Trump wins violence on the part of the people that do not support the president do you think what how, how does that play does that play out on the streets does that play out just in big cities I, does that i see that but violence like that we're not equating things like i'm not going to equate proud boy violence and protesters when protesters are trying to address grievances of the system and there's a difference there that the proud boys aren't trying to address anything with systemic or with the system. Okay. I see what you're saying. And that's, that's the difference between, um, but there's going to be election. something, there's going to be something so it, that happens. I mean, you, you can't, so, you can't not think that there's going to be a reaction to a Trump sure. victory. Like something's going to happen. Like, I don't know. If sure. I, I agree. It may not be the level of so intimidation look, that a militia would do at like an electoral, you know, area, but, but I don't know what that would be. Like, that's kind of why I'm asking the question. Like, what would you envision yeah. that being? Like, would it be peaceful protest or would it be? I don't anticipate it would be peaceful. That's my that's Here, my gut reaction. But, here's what if if things continue as they are and Biden goes into into election day with double digit leads. And somehow loses. Now, let's say he straight out loses. I will say that there is probably electoral fraud. Uh, to to me, I think our election systems are very fragile. They are run by people who don't have training on how to maintain infrastructure security, mm-hmm. physical or or network security. The voting machines are made by companies who are backed by Republicans, right? They are political corporations that are making machines that are supposed to have a non-political voting capability that are that don't all have the ability for handmark paper ballots. So then when when you go to do the count, you're not going and looking at my vote. You are looking at the computer record for what my vote tallied or what right, like what the computer read from my vote. So if there's something in there that says change every 27th vote from Biden to Trump that's not shown because when you go to recount that machine's votes, you push a button, it spits out a receipt. Yeah. There's no audit of the physical vote trail that would occur in a very, very close election. 
or that is capable of occurring. So the infrastructure is fragile there. And if you want to, if you, if you think I'm full of shit, look up Jennifer Cohn or Jenny Cohn, K-O-H-N, no, sorry, C-O-H-N, Jennifer Cohn on Twitter. And she's been looking at this for years and it is a, not a very structured system There's been some because it's left up to the counties. I'm trying to remember some of the names of that. There was one compelling documentary in particular that I looked at just showing how flawed the voting machine systems are. Um, right. And you're and right. You can hack them in like a, oh, there was yeah. kids that hacked them in 11 minutes. Yeah. Super right? easy. Like, yeah. It's embarrassing actually that we still so, utilize yeah. that technology and still, but it is. And so I, I think that the security there is, is questionable. Sure. Um, and I'm nervous about that. I'm and just, then I'm just nervous about what's going to happen in two weeks of just either yeah. way. Like I'm not even, I'm not even bullshitting you, dude. Like I, I, I see chaos happening no matter how it plays out. Maybe I'm, I, overreacting but if if biden if there if it's close and it's too close to call i mm-hmm. think there will be protests and i think that those protests will have counter protests and that'll turn violent yeah. if it's close and too close to call and it goes to the supreme court and the supreme court makes a yet another decision and they make it on behalf of trump Ooh. i i do think there will be violence i do think there will be rioting and i yeah. do think it'll be warranted oh <sighs> Because, because you, you got to look at the structure of the Supreme Court now. They, they stole a seat from Merrick Garland. Yeah. Right. And then the way that, and and I am going to defer to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, who did a great job. So look up those of you watching this or listening to this. Go to YouTube. Look up Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, uh, Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, hearings. He did a great job of outlining how this works. And I've listened to podcasts and books about this, where the Federalist Society um, grooms people from the very their very entry into the legal profession. From, no, I'm sorry, before the legal profession, into law school. They said, like, you listen to law students who say, like, the Federalist Society have, like, the best free food. So you get kids... <laughs> coming into law school and they get free food, they get catered, they are taken care of, all this good stuff. And um, they get sucked into this ideology of the law. And then that's built upon with the, the places they run in, their classes that they go through, and then the, the entry into professions, they follow along with these people. And some of them are weeded out like, oh, this guy did this, or this is, this isn't following our ideology. But then the Federalist Society grooms people to be on a list, which is where Kavanaugh came from. It's where Gorsuch came from. Amy Coney Barrett came from. The, all of them, all the right wing justices came from. And Trump specifically said that he will only pick people the Federalist Society puts up. So now you've got a, a group of people who groom, ju- who groom judges, who groom lawyers to be on this list. And then Trump's chief counsel even said that they pick off of the Federalist Society list. Jeez. And then Sheldon Whitehouse pointed out that the Federalist Society and the Judicial Crisis Networks and then other legal groups bring cases that they know will wind their way up to the Supreme Court. So now the same group that put the justice on the bench is the group that brings them cases. And then the 
the justices themselves, Alito and Thomas and Gorsuch, they will write into their dissent that they believe this, 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 I believe this, this, and this, but also here are these cases and these precedents that I think are, are tangentially in play that I'm not quite so sure, I'm not quite sure about. So the justices that come from these societies signal their intent to go after these laws by the precedents that set by this ruling or their dissent right now. And then the Federalist Society goes out and the Judicial Crisis Network go out and they find a plaintiff, they sue, they lose, and then they go up to the Supreme Court. And so the, the, the group that builds the ideology into the justices builds the cases and funds the cases that make the way to the justices. So the way that they're advancing law in this country comes from the same group. Hmm. And that's how fucked this is. And and so then you'll have senators who go, I don't want activist judges on the bench. And when <laughs> when RBG votes in favor of the rights of a common of a common person, that's activist judging. And we can't have that. We need to have people who stick to the letter of the law. And so they create this fucking smokescreen. They're not calling balls and strikes. They're advancing a conservative ideology, yeah. right? Like that is the fucking plan. And Democrats have allowed it to happen, God. right? Like they're not calling this shit out. Depressing. Like Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh had like 200 some thousand dollars where the debts paid off before he went up for the Supreme Court. Do you, nobody knows who paid off his debts. They just fucking paid them off. <laughs> so yeah. that his, his, his uh, um, whatchamacallit came back clean. Hopefully the president right? like, can find somebody to pay his debts off. He's got quite the bill right now. Yeah. Which Who? nobody wants to, the president. Oh, <laughs> the 400 yeah. million. I don't know what they're talking 400 about. Some yeah. million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Who? <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't hear you. I Discord, know. I was Discord, talking. Yeah, yeah, we're using yeah. Discord for the first time to to try this out for tonight. But that that's depressing. Not full dude. duplex. That is uh, that's depressing. I didn't know that. You right, it's something. a political part. Like it, it is an advancement of an ideology through the courts, and they have this veneer. In the same way I was talking about the veneer of politics, you know, back in the day, mm -hmm. the courts have this veneer of being nonpartisan. We are nonpartisan judges. When the president gives a speech at the at the State of the Union, we don't stand up yeah. and clap. We don't. We sit here sullen faced and stone faced because we are impartial judges. Fucking bullshit. It is a fucking <laughs> charade. Fucking complete bullshit. fucking charade. The whole thing's a charade. Yeah. Right. Like the Supreme Court is a charade. It is a the the federal the federal judiciary is a charade every time we do that, this podcast Sean, I, i'm starting to question why i live in this country i'm not even joking <laughs> every time yeah. we, we just we just zero in on depressing shit all the time it's about, a clown well, show it is a clown show that is that i do enjoy the clown uh the but we're trying to pierce the veil right like you didn't know this like you're you're into politics you understand a lot yeah i'm gonna be honest you didn't this, know, this. You didn't I, know it was a multi-generational fucking I studied a lot of Supreme Court uh, rulings in college, but I didn't explore the process to which you become the nominee and the the back. I didn't that I just didn't even think to that. That's the the naiveness that I had of like, well, they must be there for a reason, you know, 
because this is nonpartisan and they no it's not conservatives and there's liberals and process yeah i didn't know that and they 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 groom these people but they know that's kind of they know that's kind of boring though so a lot of people are just not going to dive into that but i'm glad that people are and they're exposing it because it's kind of because you because i've had some conversations the last couple of weeks. Do you see what they're doing to her and how they're making? It? I'm like, uh, do you know much about this? But, and it just, it's like, but when, they're not when their team's they're picking trying, the person. Like, it's cool, but they're trying to question her, and they've created this bullshit. Um, of like, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg said in her, in her uh, hearing, like, I am not to comment on future rulings. Well. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, did say, I'm not going to comment on hypothetical cases that might come before the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty anti, uh, or I'm pretty pro-woman's rights. Like, here's my ideology. So this is what I'm going to, I'm going to follow my ideology. So anytime you see a justice say, as per Ruth Bader Ginsburg's, yeah. like, they're just using it as a smokescreen to give the the lefties, like, Oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg started that. Just like, just like the fucking Senate Judiciary Committee was saying, per the Biden rule. Then that, that is my Chuck Grassley impression. Per impression. the Biden rule, uh, the right. Biden rule was he said something to the effect of after they went through a dicey Clarence Thomas uh, approval. Yeah, if we have another one like that before the. Like during the primaries, we need to wait until after the or during the primaries, we need to wait until after the election. So it's very similar to what Harris did in the VP debate when she made the Lincoln uh, example with Pence. Right. When he had to just sit right. there and go, it's yes, he's dicey. one of my favorites. <laughs> and then she no, no, a, yeah. Yeah. And so and so the they use this smoke screen and then they pop a smoke. Like, yes. And then they don't answer anything. Yeah. Right. Like, so ask me a question. Just ask me any question. I'll um, just give you, let me, I'll give you the basic feel of how these go. How do you feel about gay rights in the United States of America, specifically gay marriage? There, there are a lot of things that I do think happen, but I don't believe that uh, I need to answer any of them because of reasons that I just made up. So I'm not going to. Ask me another question, Adam. Ask me another question. Um, how do you feel about healthcare and how it should be applied to American citizens as things stand now? I don't want to tell you that because of reasons that I just made up. So I'm not going to, Adam. But thank you. My family is beautiful. And thank you for having me here today. It's a true, true honor. Politics Ask me sad. another one, Adam. Just, just one more. One more. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to hit all the, all the, 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 ju- oh, uh, how would how would you address uh, certain situations involving the issue of climate change as it affects the United States specifically? I'm not a. Cl- I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Senator. I'm so sorry, so 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 sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Specifically, Continue. as it pertains to the United States of America, I'm not a scientist, and I I couldn't potentially rule on anything because I don't want to, and other reasons that I just made up. Thanks so much. Improve me. Thank you. <laughs> Smile. Wink. Yeah. Right. Like that. Like. That is generally what happened, but for when she felt like it, when a when a Republican asked her to a, to go on about a pseudo conservative ideology that she wanted to, she would go into it. And another thing that that Gorsuch is pursuing, and so will she, 
is a non-deference doctrine. So right now you have Chevron doctrine where <clears throat> agencies within the executive branch, like the EPA, can say, and this is particularly important to Iowa and the Midwest in terms of clean water. So that you've heard about the the waters of the United States, right? Like WOTUS. Uh, and how you mean the waters that the vice president said have never been cleaner? Is that what you're talking about? Or yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So just just want to clarify. So, okay. WOTUS that Grassley and Ernst have been fighting about saying that the federal government's trying to legislate. The federal government's trying to legislate what's going on in our waters, a pond, a puddle. Well, <laughs> the EPA was saying you this water goes somewhere and that somewhere is a lake and stream and river. And then we use it to drink. So we're going to regulate how much shit you can spray in your fields because it runs off into the things that we drink. And so you can't just dump everything you want onto your fields with no repercussions that goes into our water. This this uh, non-deference -de doctrine that's going to be pursued and is being pursued. Gorsuch has literally said, like, like out loud, he wants to pursue this. That the the ideology of the Federalist Society and the judges they put forward is that the executive branch, if it's not explicitly told by Congress, X amount of parts per million is the safe level that the executive branch can't enforce that. So a company can come and say, or a uh, rather the judicial crisis network funded by some mysterious company can find a farmer who was fined by the EPA for dumping too much of some fertilizer or, or herbicide on his fields, sue the state of Iowa or the EPA or whomever by saying, the EPA doesn't have the authority from Congress to regulate this. And this ideology from the conservative judges is designed to undo the ability of the executive branch to enforce the, the spirit of what Congress, the people's branch, has asked it to do. So if the Clean Water Act says uh, EPA shall ensure clean and safe drinking water, through whatever these mechanisms are, right? And then some fertilizer company comes out with a new chemical, and that is actually carcinogenic. Since it wasn't written that that chemical has to be regulated by the EPA into the act, that the executive branch doesn't have the authority to regulate it because Congress never gave it the authority. <laughs> they just said, make, make sure our water's clean. It doesn't matter that children haven't, have a neurological damage by that chemical it just matters that well you weren't given the explicit authority by congress like that that's what's at stake with amy coney barrett's ideology and that's what i find frustrating about the democrats here is like well, i saw you tweeting your little heart away this week when those hearings were taking place you were angry you were because uh, there's there's real very real harm that's going to come because the 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 judicial crisis network and the Federalist Society are funded by corporations and dark money to ensure that regulations don't hamper their 
profits. Keep government That's out of my, what, my water is kind of what you're saying. Like, I want government in my water. I want to ensure that shit's fucking clean. Yeah, that's the right. That's always like, the the talking point I hear from the right is, I want government out of everything. Too much government, too much big government. Sean, that's, that's the one. That's the, the yeah. tagline I hear all the time. I didn't realize you were balls deep in uh, Supreme Court stuff. So this this is kind of fascinating. We should because uh, I've I've studied a lot of them in college, but just because of they were just the the the, the social implication of a lot of them, uh, mm-hmm. the, the more the the more high profile ones, but. Um, yeah, there's a few there's a few good podcasts that I listen to. Yeah, they must go um, deep on this stuff because I'm just like, I mean, I'm I'm aware of it, but I'm not like you're taking me to Knowledge Town tonight. With it's all the that. like the Obergefell, you know, those are the type of things that are mom, m- like monumental cases. That, that the like, average Dred Scott Obergefell, yeah, yeah, yeah. that people hear about and understand like what it meant, right? I just I think like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm I'm staring at political polls and battleground states and you're just tweeting about this hearing and the implications of it and i'm like yeah but did you know like in michigan joe biden's polling the this goes ha- this goes to like a, a a through line of my ideology that these people oh, yeah. are the enemies the, the i view them as my class enemy yeah yeah absolutely and and the the subtle ways that they manipulate the functioning of our government on like Shelby County v. Holder. Have you ever heard of that yeah. decision? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, they undid this, the voting rights act and these people who are, are not judicial activists said Scalia said, I, I think uh, racism is over. Yeah. I remember this. And um, this, the Congress just keeps reauthorizing this, um, because I think they're too scared to undo it. So I'm going to undo it because I think they're just too scared to not reauthorize this. But this isn't necessary. They are, they, so, he, it is so he undid it. And all of those places went, fuck all the black people. We're not, we're not going to let them vote. Yeah, it's scary. Right? Like, that's why you see, like, I tweeted out another video was, look, this only happens to black people. Like you have a line of black people to vote and they have to stand there for 12 fucking hours. Yeah, they did. If I went and voted on, if I went and voted on, on election day, it would take me longer to actually mark my ballot than it would to get it. (laughs) It's true. Walk in and go, Hey, it's me, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. It's me. Hey, how you doing? Good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I would walk over there Mm -hmm. and I start, Filling in boxes, and then I turn it back in. It's shocking it how easy longer it is for it. us to vote compared to some other people. Yeah, shockingly easy. Shocking. And because I live in a white part of like a like a white state, yeah, very like a predominantly oh, yeah. white state, yeah, in a predominantly white suburb, mm-hmm. in a affluent neighborhood, and it is ex- exceedingly easy for me to vote. I could walk into the the auditor's office at almost any given time and walk at right now and fucking vote. Yep. Right, like, it, but then specifically, there are people who are disenfranchised because of their color and the historical political leanings of people of their color. And so, as soon as it was undone, which is a part of a political agenda that is carried out through the judiciary, they make it harder for Democrats to earn the, or to get those votes tallied. Right. Like it is a political war and it's waged in the judiciary. And that kind of thing, ha- that's, that is another 
monumental case, but there are subtle changes in these laws, um, like with union rights. Mm-hmm. Like there was a case called Abood back in the seventies, and basically they said, yeah, you can be in a union, but you ha- there are agency fees and there are union dues, and so if you if you you want to join the work in this place you can work in this place and you don't have to be a part of the union and pay union dues but because the union argues on your behalf and negotiates on your behalf you have to pay agency fees so we're separating out what this person viewed as the political aims of the union and supporting people whom he didn't support and the the support he earned or the support that the union gives him in the workplace always an agenda they'll, always they'll, an agenda that portray it as if they're trying to be good but yeah there's always an agenda right. that's what's scary about and, politics and so the janice case undid that and they said you can work in a union you can work in a union shop and don't have to be a part of the union and you don't have to pay agency fees yeah. right like the there it's a concerted effort to pursue a class warfare by undoing the hard earned uh rights so why do we live here again do we, need is the, do we need a bail? No. <laughs> it sure seems that way when we have these conversations there, on these podcasts. It's like This dynamic, but this dynamic of class warfare has always existed, though. Like oh, it, will always, always, yeah. it will always, it will always, it will exist not. in any, in any yeah. country around the world. Like you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to move to Sweden and have it be gone. Well, that's It'll always the funny exist. thing I hear of like, well, if Trump wins again, I'm going to move to Canada. It's like, well... I mean, Canada's cool. I, I There's many, just some solid places to live in Canada, but I don't anticipate your life's going to be all, all that different. But there, you're right. It's kind of... The, the, what's funny is the people, the people who can, who say like, I'm going to move to, I'm going to move to Canada. Motherfucker, you have the means that you're going to be fucking fine. If yeah. you're like, I hate it here. I'm going to move to Canada. Yeah. You've got so much fucking money that you can just move to Canada. You're probably going to be fine. Yeah, I have a feeling. Right? And you're going to leave behind the people who can't move to Canada. Yep. Who don't have the time, funds, you know, or wherewithal or ability to escape the the class warfare that's happening here and it'll still exist in canada like justin trudeau looks better on camera than trump does and he says nicer things but his government is still pursuing uh acts of violence against native people right like they're still kicking native people off their land and violating their their sovereign rights <laughs> like, like it still exists on behalf of oil companies and logging companies Just like that still it, yeah. it still happens up there and then it'll happen anywhere else in the world you go. Mm-hmm. And so the the promise that is America, it's, and this is going to sound super West Wingy, but the promise that is America is, is everyone's torch to move forward. Yeah. And, and so by educating myself and by doing this podcast and having an ideology that I want to share and hopefully advance through other people hearing about this and going through these discussions with you where we can kind of approach, you know, things from a certain lens of advancing understanding or, or kind of look at it from the other side and then bring it back to a common understanding. Um, it's, 
incumbent on me to help share that vision or to help advance that and to help protect people from or show solidarity with people if I can't protect them from class interests that would exploit them and or I have further the, exploit them. I have the opposite agenda. I just like to observe and talk about it. So <laughs> I just kind of, well, like, you can observe, you can observe and talk about it and I will advance my agenda. I, I think will, it's, I, I find it fascinating to hear different, different philosophies and ideologies and quotes and, you know, different, how, how different scenarios played out and, and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So that's where you're going to get I, the I two, it, the two different folds there. Yeah, I find it interesting as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do want people to you have a, hear yeah. what I have to say. You have a goal. And then pursue their own understanding of it and educate themselves in the way they want to like the, like the open the door cuz I I'm not going to be able to be I'm not going to be able to convince everybody on my own, but like open the door to Hey, I heard this concept. What does that mean? And maybe you watch a YouTube video on yeah. it where otherwise you would skip that in the yeah. algorithm. You wouldn't click or like you're you're on the algorithm in YouTube and you're listening to one thing and maybe you're watching, you know, a Nicki Minaj video <laughs> for the uh or a Cardi B video uh, for the four yeah. hundredth time and yeah. then something pops up on the side about like, you know, Michael Parenti explains that there are no poor nations. There are no there are no poor people. Do you think that would actually come up in the algorithm though? Because you don't. Fuck, I don't know. Man. Cardi B's Cardi B's pretty left. I don't you, know. Maybe if you're, if I you're, don't know. Maybe maybe Cardi B's conversation listen, with Bernie Sanders would come up, but not not that. Kind listen, of stuff. I probably fuck with the algorithm enough, bouncing between like Michael Parenti videos oh, yeah. and Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. Should, but the, at but some like, point, we should compare our YouTube algorithm sometimes because I mine's yeah. a mix of the majority report and Jimmy Dore yelling at people, and it's just <laughs> it's a weird, it's a just it's a strange place. My YouTube algorithm. So, mm. or or maybe that. maybe um, a better example from Michael Parenti. Most people probably never heard of him, but James Baldwin. Yeah, that'd be a good one. James Baldwin, like like, it's another another poke yeah that's it's good another, it's good to hear it pick at the scab. and and maybe if people sit and listen to a long-form discussion about this type of stuff they're more open to yeah i agree more and and so this little bit can build on something else because that's what happened to me like it was um i was curious when people were yelling at me when i worked at gmac about Congress and the Home Affordable Refinance Program, Home Affordability Modification Program, I was the person enacting Congress's law, right? Mm -hmm. I was the guy. You call and they go, I want to be involved in the in the HAMP program. Okay. Let me click through my fucking screen here and blah, 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 blah. Like, but like, I was a cog and then people would yell at me and I'm like, I don't know, man, I just click, I click here and it takes me to the next screen. And I was just upholding this fucking yeah. system by like, I was the dude who upheld the system by clicking people through and, and like, oh, well, give me your phone number and pay it on these dates. And the only thing I could do was say like, I understand this program a little bit. And so I just set you up on this. You qualify. We lowered your rate. Here's what's going to happen. Here is an outline. Do, and the best I could say was, do not pay early. Because if you pay early, somebody wrote into this that, like, if you pay early, you've demonstrated an ability to pay. 
And so then you're automatically canceled from this program and it kicks you out of it. So if you want to stay at this program, and I know you do, like if you get paid on the 14th and your payment schedule is the 18th, do not pay on the 14th, pay it on the 18th because it'll kick you out. And I didn't like, I didn't, I thought it was just like some fucking dumb, dumb wrote something in this program that accidentally kicks people out. Well, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. It wasn't a dumb, dumb who wrote a program wrong. It was a fucking political agenda to yeah. make sure that people weren't modifying their fucking pro their, their mortgages. Yeah. Right. And so then I, I read a story on it because somebody's yelling at me. I didn't understand it. So I read a story on it and I was confused. And so then I read another story on it. I was still confused. And then I read a book on it <laughs> and I, I understood it better, but I was under, but like that was where the veneer was pierced. That's, that was for where me, the seed the was planted. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And then it kind of bl blossomed out from there into like, wait a minute, the Supreme court did what? Excuse they would never me? do that. <laughs> I live. Pardon me, sir. You are ascribing malintent to these this all this august institution, and then you realize, like, oh no, these are assholes. Yeah. They're all assholes. A lot of a lot of dominance in that field. Um, I did ask a question on Twitter uh, before we taped this. Just a this I, I should preface that this is very unscientific, but I asked, hey. It's a little over two weeks until the election. Who do you think is going to win? I asked, is Trump going to retain his title or is Biden going to do a victory lap? Biden doing the victory lap is winning 71%. Again, very unscientific. It was a very quick question mm -hmm. on Twitter. But I had to ask it because I kept seeing the articles about double-digit leads and, and you know he's, he's leading in, um, in these battleground states and all these stuff. And I was like, really? okay, let's – but again, that's still not – doesn't put me at ease. Uh, but still – it is kind of fascinating that a lot of people are, and then people use that as fuel to say, well, you did that in 2016 with Hillary, so you're going to do it again. And that was a, a joke that Nathan from Chicago tweeted at me today about how are the Democrats <laughs> going to screw this one up again. And well, that, that could be it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> That's too another thing. That's another thing with the, the voting and, and who's going to win this is like, I just view the Democrats as an extraordinarily incompetent party. Yeah, they 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 lose more than and, they win. Yeah, and like they're not terribly interested, in my opinion, in actually winning. Rather, they're interested in maintaining their party position, their position within the party. So, well, like, well I, and I, and and I that was brought into focus for me by Sam Cedar at the Majority Report, right? right? So I'm, yeah, I'm stealing yeah. that, but. But like, that's how I have felt because I've, I'm, I look at this and I'm like, how are these people so out of touch with reality? Right. Like how, how, how are these people so bad? And it's because their priority is maintaining their position within the party and not actually yeah. winning. Well, I do have right? some like, good news for you, Sean. <clears throat> um, if Trump does lose, he will never step foot in our state ever again. And I'm not saying that because I heard that. I'm hearing that because the president said that brought yeah. the, he brought the COVID tour to our state, yeah. uh, had a big rally. Was it at the Des Moines airport? I think it was at the airport. Yep. There was a big billboard up that was pointing towards the airport. <laughs> so when he put up that said the COVID super spreader event will be taking place. Oh, I love that. This direction, which I thought was funny. Uh, but this is what the president said this week in Des Moines about the state of Iowa. 
and the fact that uh well i'll, I'll let the president uh, take it from here we'll we'll take a little listen here this is the president to vote because if i don't get iowa i won't believe that one i may never have to come back here again if i don't get iowa i'll never be back you understand that kim I will say this, there has never been a president has done more for farmers and ranchers, for the farm belt, for Iowa. There's never been a president that's even come close to what I've done. And I will say that and I'll say it loud and clear. So there's been no president that has done, which, by the way, this this was comment was made while many farmers lost their farms in the last four years. And there was uh not so great things happening in our state because of a lot of the the policies that the president enacted but uh but good news though if he if he doesn't uh win he won't be coming back but there, there's a conflation there well fucking good i hope he loses and i hope he never sets foot back here <laughs> fuck yeah. him yeah, but you, the, were, you were not thrilled there, there's a regular there's a regular um conflation that people make here with farmers and ag policy. Yes, big, big difference. And ag policy is designed to sustain agricultural companies, not the farmers. Yes. And there's yeah. a term called chickenization that you can, like the, the pioneer for, for this practice is Tyson Foods, where chicken farmers are told what, what equipment to use and then they're sold that equipment by Tyson, or at least brokered to them by Tyson. And then Tyson provides them the birds, and the farmer is in charge of raising them. And then Tyson says, this is what you should feed them. Like they, they give, they sell them the feed as well. And they must comply with everything Tyson says, or else Tyson won't buy their birds. And then they don't buy the birds, they buy them by the weight. So that also Tyson will experiment on the birds without the farmer knowing by saying, use this food. Well, that food doesn't produce as healthy a chicken or is a cheaper food, but didn't produce the weight of the chickens. And so Tyson is deciding the variables that go into the raising of the chickens and the farmer is powerless to do anything about it. But they are in debt to Tyson. They're in debt. They're chicken farmers. They've grown into this thing. There is no other way, right? There is no other way because Tyson also has a corner on the market. So if you go and breed your own chickens and raise your own chickens, you're not fucking selling them to Tyson because you didn't follow the rules all the way through. So that's chickenization. That same thing happens with corn. Same thing happens with soybeans to a lesser extent. You see Johnny Aaron struggling with with the price of soybeans this week, by the way. What's that? Joni Ernst struggled when she was asked about the price of soybeans in her own state that she represents. She had a little trouble with no. it. No, no, I didn't it see that. Didn't go too well for old Joni. Um, Not it, much it, is right now. It is fascinating to me that, and I know a lot of uh, farmers that are always have been very conservative Republican that were so pro-Trump, and that these people have nothing in common with a millionaire billionaire from New York City, but. Because Hillary was running for president, they were like, oh, I can't vote for Hillary. And it was mm. just strange, the embracing of Trump in our state. It was very odd to me that this this New York socialite kind of person was being embraced by, you know, Dave that has a farm in Robbins. Like, it just, I've, I've mm. always been fascinated. I've always wanted to find out more 
because there's never I've never really been given an accurate answer about that. And it still puzzles me to this day why Dave and and Robbins is like, yeah, sure, I'll vote for Trump. I think I I think I know the feeling because I. And this would be the only mild praise, not praise. I don't know how to describe it because I don't want it to become uh, praise. <laughs> but the, the the feeling that when you look at the two-party and the two-party system and how it's been designed that both parties serve corporate America and enable a class war, one is worse than the other. So I'm not conflating the two, but like they, neither one of them are pursuing policy goals that, that in my opinion – make the world a terribly much better place right or or work with the design of supporting working class people right some nibbles around the edges obamacare was fine uh it wasn't good but it helped some people and i'm not gonna take that away but you you look at that system that and then somebody comes from the outside and goes basically fuck all that i'm gonna do better i can Uh, do better i'm gonna work on behalf of you he could have he would have he waltzed into the the oval office and really didn't owe anybody anything it's true right he didn't come up through the same structure that joe biden did where he is a if he is not a if nobody exerts overt power on him as a party it's because they don't have to because he shares that ideology right that the that trump came in like swatted aside the other 18 people that were running in the Republican on the Republican primaries, including like the people who were backed by the billionaires. Yeah. One of whom whose brother and dad were president, right? Like, and trounced them and then just said, whatever popped into that pea brain of his and just like, relentlessly attacked Hillary and nothing stuck to him. And he walked into the Oval Office and he had any, he could pursue anything he wanted. And how ironic is it that that exact thing you're describing could actually be his undoing in a few weeks? Yes. Which is, and he, but like, think of, think of if instead of pursuing what Stephen Miller wanted him to pursue. Yeah. He'd have gone and look at Bernie. Look how badly they treated Bernie. Bernie, come on. We're going and we're going to make the America a better place. Yeah. And he, he's like, fuck it. Well, the Republicans ran against me and the Democrats ran against me. And we're going to be a better party, Bernie. Let's do this. And he was like, we're going to do Medicare for all because the American people deserve to not get sick and die. Who's with me? Like, he could have come in and done that. He could have, but he, he went. He, and other, he did. Yeah, no, he, he went. Could, and he could have said, like, I'm a billionaire. He's not a billionaire not anymore. But he no. could have said, I'm a billionaire. And instead of like gross emoluments, like he could have been a class trader in the way FDR was and been the most FDR is like most popular president in modern American history. And he chose to sow division. He chose to be venal. He chose to be a, a bigot and a misogynist and racist and fascist he chose that path and i'm the the only mild praise i'll give the man is he walked in there having been a force of nature and and like gotten russian help right but a force of nature found a way in yeah 
and forced his way in and forced the conversation to always be about him. Well, right? like, whether or not he's from the able moment to hang he came that, down though. those. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was I was just gonna say he did that, but he's got to hang on to that, and I don't I don't I'm not I'm not trying to make a prediction here, but I, it it really and I was telling you when I was driving to Southern Iowa, I was seeing just a ton of Biden signs in places I would never expect to see Biden signs ever. Yeah, I literally I'm, took my phone. Out. I wasn't driving; I was in the passenger seat. But I took my phone out and I made sure I made a note. I'm like, the next time I podcast with Sean, I have to bring this up because this is bizarre to me. Like I was expecting Trump flags, Trump posters, just it was Biden Harris, Biden Harris, Biden Harris. I'm like, what is going on? Like again I'm hopeful. I mean Iowa being a swing state, I'm hopeful. It is, but that know. is that true that is true and that holds. I I really, really am. And I don't I don't mean to downplay the work. No, no, I don't yeah. Thousands and thousands of people are putting in to ensure that that Biden the people who leave in lean Biden show up and turn out, right? Like, Doesn't help when the Taliban so, also endorses you the same way. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The fucking Taliban endorsed Trump. I literally just like, watched the movie The Outpost and then I watched the documentary about that scenario in Afghanistan about fighting the Taliban. I was just like, can you imagine being in the military supporting Donald Trump and then the Taliban comes in? says right. we support this person like how do you how do you function as a member of the military and hear mm -hmm. that and be like well i guess that's you know like i would be so angry if i was in the military and i yeah. and i saw that but trump I, trump wants out of their country and they want him out of the country he's teflon like everybody knows it's gonna happen everybody knows it's gonna happen teflon it's just a matter like who's gonna be the one to pull the plug we'll see um, we've podcasted for a long time tonight, so I'm going to be the bad guy and, and put a, put a cap on it. Cause we're, Oh, be... just, so I, yeah, I, I rely on you to be the one. To put oh, I know. And I, I, I don't have an end button. It's I literally like... looked at the, I was like, oh my God, we're going long. So, and I, and I'm only saying that because we're going to be taping something, uh, within a few days of us taping this because I'm going to be gone yeah. for a little bit, but, um, so we can, we can obviously pick stuff up, but. I we're, we want to talk about Michigan with uh, with with one of our guests with Ken because he's from Michigan and, and there uh, was it the yeah it was the governor right that there was a kidnapping attempt and I'm I want to talk to him about that a little bit yeah I think that would be fascinating but he called into uh, previous version the previous version of this podcast and gave an insight and he reached out and and uh, wanted to come on and talk with us so we'll talk a little politics with him and here he's in a battleground state so we, we could talk about Michigan a little bit too and I'd be fascinated mm -hmm. to see how things played out in Michigan four years ago and how it's kind of trending now. And that'll kind of get us closer as yep. we get uh, towards uh, election day, which is God, two and a half weeks, man, it's coming up. So we'll, we'll keep at it. And then post election, we'll start really diving into some, some of the topics that you and I wanted to get into. Um, but, uh, but you, you know, a lot of, a lot of knowledge coming out of that, uh, coming out from that side of the mic tonight, Sean. So good job tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Just you. Pumping I, me uh, full of knowledge. Spend so like, a lot of time screaming at my computer screen by myself. So I'm glad to be able to do it. You no, can do it in audio <laughs> into a form. microphone now. Yeah, it works out even better. All right, everybody. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. We will be joined by Ken from Michigan to talk about uh, the debacle that he's been experiencing uh, with, with with that whole situation with the governor. And then, of course, we'll look at latest poll numbers, stuff that, you know, there's a couple of topics that I had down in my notes about uh nancy pelosi on cnn just being absolutely ridiculous that we didn't get a chance to talk about to tonight but 
Um, there was there was one article too that I wanted to bring up to you where the title was Democrats Want Godless Socialism that I had to bring up with you because of the of some of the stuff that you've talked about with democratic socialism on our first podcast. I'm like, oh the second I saw I'll it, I'm like, I'm bringing it. this up to Sean. I'll summarize it. The Democrats do not and in fact want godless socialism <laughs> well, because the Democrats are not socialists well don't know about godless you will hear you will hear different according to this article sir so i will give you your opportunity Send it to me i okay. will read it <laughs> likely will. scream at my computer screen <laughs> i will not have my microphone on i will temper my feelings take and some notes we'll it all again. right take some notes absolutely yeah all right uh, also i should mention too we are on a bunch of different podcast platforms uh we are on obviously anchor.fm so we're anchor.fm slash flyover politics we are also on Breaker. We are on Radio Public. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts and coming soon to Apple Podcasts. That's kind of a harder hill to climb mm -hmm. with Apple Podcasts, but we will be working on that. Overcast? But, and Yes, and Overcast as well. Overcast and CastBox too. There's a couple of them out there, but mm. um, that we're efforting to get on. But we're on, we're on a decent amount at, at this point, I think. So it's it's been helpful, but we'll work on that. And uh, yeah, man, there's a lot coming up. So we're obviously there's topics we want to get into, but the election's so close. So it's hard to just sit here and ignore it. It's just, we're being inundated with it every day. Um, and if you follow Sean on Twitter at flyover Sean, you can see the, uh, the anger that Sean spouts. The, uh, the stream of consciousness into the Twitter void. The rage. Yes. The rage coming from Sean. Um, not so much for me. I'm just like retweeting articles and going like, Hey guys, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> right. And then like, gifts at me like yeah. i don't know who that wrestler is yeah i'll just yeah. i'll just toss gifts at sean or or, or i'll be complaining or he man about, vibing yeah yeah he man vibing or it's me complaining about the the dallas cowboys you're, you're gonna get like one of those yeah you things. you tweet more about football the foosball yeah then well, then politics I'm unfortunately a cowboys fan so it's just this is that time of the year so it sucks yeah. sucks to be a cowboys fan right now but uh, all right, everybody. We will talk to you again very soon. I am Adam. He is Sean. And I will let Sean give his final parting words for this podcast. Think for yourself. <laughs>